and to do what it is that I know God was calling me to do. And that is to revive dreams and empower purpose. And that's what I do now. I um, help to remind people, especially women, that their 12-year-old dreams are not dead, that they are alive and that they can do whatever it is they want to do in this world. And I... Welcome to Ask the Pros, where I do my very best to unpack actionable, valuable insights, and with the goal of helping you live your dream life. I sit down with top entrepreneurs, professionals, making a difference around the globe so they can tell their stories. In doing so, I aim to inspire and motivate other people that may be struggling or looking for a new spark around their personal life or career path. Welcome to Ask the Pros, where I talk to entrepreneurs, professionals, and people making a difference around the globe. Today, I have an inspirational conversationalist, author, yeah. <laughs> author and international educator with over 18 years of experience as a teacher, coach, adv- and advocate for disadvantaged people. Also, she is the host of a podcast show, Speak Up Sis. Angel Charmaine, welcome to Ask the Pros. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Kes. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So um, what the show is about is about, you know, telling telling our stories the best way we can. You know, every story is unique. Every story is very different, you know. And I and I know uh, from what we've, we've spoken for quite, quite a bit now, I know your story is going to be an amazing story. And um hopefully be able to get a 10 or two from your story, get inspired and motivated from your story, Angel. Okay. That's what's up. <laughs> okay, Angel. So how was, how was growing up like, um, in the Bronx of Georgia? How was growing up like as a little girl? As a little girl. Okay. Well, I am actually from a little town called, I don't know if it's little, but Savannah, Georgia. Okay. Is where I'm hmm And I grew up, in what we call projects here in the States. I'm not really sure what they're called, where you're from, but yeah, some people call it the ghetto, I guess, but it didn't feel like a ghetto when we were kids, right? It was fun. It's, you had other children there and, you know, close knit communities and things of that nature. So I grew up with a single parent mom and two brothers in the household with me. In Savannah, Georgia. And then when I was probably about 10 or 11 years old, we moved to another city in Georgia called Augusta, Georgia. That's kind of where my story takes a turn. (laughs) (laughs) So what happened from there? Well, we moved from Savannah during a time when crack was really serious in the States. And so my mother you know, had, she had her life situation, um, where she had her own issue to deal with. And so my brothers and I, you know, lived through that with her. And so we struggled a bit with dealing with her life and what she was going through. And then what we had to deal with as kids, um, prior to that, um, I also, lived through molestation as a child. So yeah, my, my young years, my teenage years got a little rocky as I learned 
who I was and who I wasn't and, you know, adolescence and dealing with all of those types of issues, my life just kind of went wayward at probably about 15. Wow. That's, that, that, was my, that must have been a very devastating story at a very young age. Right. So if I, if I may ask, where, where, was your, where was your dad? My father lived in New York City. Okay. He was not uh, in our home. My mother and my father were not married. So my dad lived someone else, somewhere else. I knew my father and I, I know my father. Let me say that. He just did not live with me. I did get to spend time with him from time to time as I was growing up, but he was not present on a regular, consistent basis. Okay. And that, and that had a huge impact you're growing up oh of course my most children if not all girls or boys who have an absent parent whether it is the mother or the father there's going to be some impact and there there'll be some negative impact as well yeah so definitely as a young girl growing up not having your dad there all the time especially when you've also dealt with any type of abuse, uh, molestation, rape, or anything of that nature, then you're going to have some warped ideas and views, you know, as to how relationships are supposed to operate between a man and a woman. You know, in life, you know, things happen, you know, so we don't, we don't tend to like want to dwell on those things. And, um, and, and you just sort of like pick yourself up and just, you know, life goes on at the end of the day, you know, Life surely goes on, you know. So moving on from that, you know, and uh, how how was your education like? You know, you're a teacher and all that, you know. How did that how did that all come come about? So for me, uh, education was my way out, and just like you just made note of, which is so accurate. I tell my story as it is aligned to my purpose. I don't tell my story as a victim because that I am not. So I share those pieces of my life because I know it is aligned to what it is I'm supposed to do in this world. So for me, uh, education was my way out. I knew that if I got good grades, I could go to college. If I could go to college, I could get a good job. If I get a good job, then I wouldn't have to grow up. You know, I wouldn't have to live in the same types of places I grew up. So I did go to school. Um, I got my undergraduate degree. It's a bachelor's of science in education, secondary education with an emphasis in English from Georgia Southern University. Uh, I also attended Troy University for my master's of education in counseling and psychology. Wow, that's great, man. That's great. You know, never giving up. It's only the best thing we can do for ourselves. You know, never giving up. You really did well there. So did you have anybody that, that kind of like motivated you or pushed you in that part, education part? Yes. Yeah, so although my mom had her issues, um, she was all about you going to school. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what's going on in this house. I don't care what's going on. You're going to school. You're going to get your lesson. You're going to go to college. Um, I had uncles, I had aunts, there were people in my life who encouraged education and pushed education. So I I don't think I ever had 
a choice. I guess I did have a choice to not go to school, but it just was not acceptable in my family that I not go to school or finish school. So yeah, I my family was really big on that. That resonates for me regarding the typical African family. Like you you cannot just go to school. It's it's not possible. <laughs> like what else are you gonna do when you graduate from high school? Like what what else is there to do than yeah. go to college? <laughs> that was just a some th- other option. Yeah, it's just typical like African. You go to school, after school, you get a job. After getting the job, you get married, you have kids, and that was that was just the other, you know. And mm-hmm. and it's it's good, it's good. Ed, education education is good because it opens you to different stuff, you know, and so like you know, open your mind and change your mindset on how to handle different things in life, you know. And but now these days, people people tend to say education is not necessary because we have all these um, technology going on, innovations, and they they are most of them are probably like college dropouts, you know. <laughs> but but for me, I think I think the first thing is to get your first education. You, you might you might not probably have a master's, but if you have like a college degree like you have like a yeah, university degree like here over here you know that's that's probably good i'm a little torn when it comes to the whole you have to go to college thing okay. believe it or not as an educator i've taught uh middle school high school i've even taught at the collegiate level okay. i've coached and mentored teachers overseas and i still am torn about how we do education, not necessarily whether or not we should be formally educated, but how that process should take place. That's where I'm torn. Um, I do believe many of us go to school and study things that have nothing to do with our gifts. And I just believe our gifts make room for us in this world. And then you find yourself at 40 years old, quitting your job, hating everything you've done to pursue the very thing that you should have been being trained to hone those skills from the beginning. So not necessarily don't go to school, but giving children time to find their gifts and then directing them to the educational path that will allow them to hone those skills, develop those skills so that they can perfect those gifts. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Absolutely. So yeah. after, after, after school, your degree and all that, you know, next thing was to get a job. Yes. So after my first degree, my undergraduate degree, the bachelor's of science and education, I, I didn't quite do it like you all do it in your African countries. I had the baby carriage before the marriage thing. <laughs> oh, there's there's nothing there's there's not there's nothing wrong with that. You know, so I did I did go to undergrad, but I got pregnant my senior year and in, in undergrad. And so I went to work directly after getting my bachelor's degree. So I did my first four years, got my undergraduate degree out of the way, did my student teaching. And then I went into my first classroom. I was, I want to say 22 years old. I was either 22 or 23 when I first started teaching. Let me tell you, I had a 20 year old student. Uh, oh my God. That was crazy. <laughs> That's a whole other lie. We don't have time to discuss that. We just don't. 
<laughs> but I started teaching my very first real job at about 22 or 23. Yeah. Okay. And then I got married shortly after that. Mm-hmm. And then I, I had more babies. Okay. And then I had more babies. <laughs> <laughs> so you go, you go, you go for, you go for babies, haven't you? Four, four kids. I have four babies. Okay. Yes. And then, uh, I went and earned my master's degree. So I earned my master's degree as a school teaching, a married school teaching mom of four babies working on her master's degree. That, that yeah. would, have, that would have been really, really tough for you. It was, but I did it. Yeah. Bless God, I did it. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. So, how when took off your career? Why in, in terms of getting a high paid job, you know, and you had like a like a blue collar job, you know, getting paid and more than starting salary, you know. When did that happen? When I got a divorce and left the United States of America. <laughs> so you you left. You that, were you? <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. You left America. I did. Where, where, I did. Where, where did um, you go? I did. In 2010, I ended up in a place of getting a divorce with my husband. And at the time, you know, our boys were just a little older. And so when we decided we would divorce, you had to have a little bit of time of legal separation. And it was the end of the school year that year. It was in May, May of 2010. The school year ended and my marriage was ending. And by June, I just felt like there's got to be something else. So a friend of mine asked me, did I know about uh, these jobs that were being offered overseas in Abu Dhabi? And I was like, what is Abu Dhabi? I had never heard of Abu Dhabi. I had never heard of the UAE or any of that. Yeah, Middle East. Yes. Well, you know, and during that time, our relationship in the States with the Middle East, what we hear is negative. You know, it's dangerous and you don't want to go over there. So, but I didn't know, I didn't know that that's what it was. I just thought, oh, I get to go, you know, I can travel and teach overseas, which is something I've always wanted to do. So I applied and within a week, I'm going to say I submitted the online application, maybe two or three days later, they contacted me. They did the phone screening by the next week. They did uh, a formal screening. Two days after that, they were like, hey, we know you applied to be a teacher, but we think you'll be great for this supervisory position. Do you want it? Okay. I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) They said, can you be here in like four weeks? I was like, yes. <laughs> wow, that's, that's, that's good, man. So, Great. Yeah. So that's when it took off. I, I, I said, yes, yes, yes. And, um, by from July 14th is when that process started. I was in Alain, UAE on August 20th. So, um, having arrived UAE and, and having in mind that, You've heard a lot of stuff about about the Middle East. How did you find the place? Oh, now I love the Middle East. And when I got there, initially, you're a little apprehensive 
because as soon as you get off the plane and <laughs> you get into the airport, you see these women fully covered in black. Yeah. Right? See these men with these white gowns on. Yeah. And it's a culture shock initially. <laughs> it's a cult. It's just this. And the first time you hear the call to prayer, it's like, what's that? They pray in the air. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what is that? <laughs> So initially, it was definitely a culture shock um, to hear the different language, to have to find. It was my first time ever being abroad. Okay. So having to catch a taxi and figure out where I'm going, learn how to tell people where I needed to be, not knowing, you know, they don't really do addresses the way we do. So it was it it was it was a bit overwhelming for the first I'm going to say the first month I think I cried every day. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so how long how long was your stay? I stayed for a year. A year. And you didn't you didn't want to renew your contract. What happened? I came back for my kids. Uh my children were still young. I didn't they did not go with me. They remained in the states with their father. Okay. And they were still young and they missed their mom. Um I didn't take them initially. Like I told you at the beginning, I wasn't sure about the whole Middle East thing. Was you know, was I going into something dangerous or not? So I went alone. Little did I know it's like the best place for kids. <laughs> But um, so after a year, my children were like, no, we want our mom. So I, I came back to the States for my kids. Yeah. So when you, when you go back to the States, what was the first thing you did? It was another culture shock. You know, I don't think people realize that the reintegration process is it's serious. You spend an entire year unlearning what you've learned all your life. Yeah. To submerge yourself into this new culture. And then you leave the culture to go back into yours. And the first thing I remember, the first sort of thing that really hit me that, wow, you're back in the States. I went to the grocery store. Okay. And I don't know what made me go to Walmart, like the super Walmart. Okay. But I go to this Walmart and I, I get my cart and I'm, going shopping and I'm looking for all of the things that I bought at the Lulu's and I like, and it hit me that I don't know what to buy <laughs> because I had learned when I first got there, uh, when I first got into the UAE, when I had to go grocery shopping, then I realized Everything had a different language on. I couldn't read. I didn't know whether this was dish detergent or, yeah. you know, laundry detergent. I don't know what this is because I couldn't read any of the labels. Um, so I had to learn how to shop. And so I learned certain brands and certain things. I was like, oh, I know what this is. I know what this is. So for a year, I bought the same stuff, like for an entire year. So when I came back to the States, I'm in this mode of just going down the aisles and picking up the things that I know to get. So now I'm in the super Walmart, one of the biggest grocery places you can be in. And 
I'm just overwhelmed by how much there is. And then none of this is what I've been buying for a year. Is I it, don't even know. What is it, is it because you had, you had more options back in the States? Right. Too many options. Okay. Too many options. And I guess if I had set up myself, I could have, I wouldn't, but I didn't. I actually just sort of stopped and left the cart in the middle of the aisle and just left the Walmart. I was like, you know, I'm not buying groceries today. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have a breakdown in the Walmart. I'm just going to go fast food today. (laughs) So the, the, the job you left back in the UAE was, is that the, is that the job you, you were paid 80K, 80K per annum? No, that okay. was, um, I guess the equivalent that it, it probably stateside equivalent because I was paid about 60. Okay. Um, I was paid 60 there, but no taxes, no deductions, no anything. You're, it feels like 80K because you're getting all of your money. Yeah. You're getting everything. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But no, um, once I came back to the States, I actually started working for the federal government. Okay. Yeah. And I worked federally as an educator. And then when I left education, I became a a contractor. I worked for a contractor for the government. And that's where, that's where I sat at my highest U.S. pay. Okay. So what made you leave that job then? Jesus! Jesus called you. Yes. He said, come on, angel. It's time for you to work for the kingdom. So in January 2018, I knew it was time for me to resign from the work that I was doing and begin to do what it is that I know God was calling me to do. And that is to revive dreams and empower purpose. And that's what I do now. I um help to remind people, especially women, that their 12-year-old dreams are not dead, that they are alive and that they can do whatever it is they want to do in this world. And I give them uh, kingdom principles, biblical principles to empower them to get up and go do what it is they know in their souls they were created to do. And so that is what I do every day now. Okay. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about your spiritual work with the women you work with? Sure. Um, Speak Up Sis is the platform that um, that has been created for me to to do this. And it started out with me creating these in-person experiences. They're intimate experiences, maybe no more than 15 women. Um, and we would meet uh, in, in their community. And I would invite other authors to join the conversation. And we facilitate conversations with these women in their communities and they share their stories. They share what they have going on in their lives as we, as we lead the conversations. And I don't call them speak up sis events. They're experiences because it's hard to explain it, but somehow you have women who don't know each other who will just lay all of their stuff out on the table 
And it's just amazing to see how people get breakthroughs and healing. And it's not like a church thing. It's not. It's I read from my my book. The other authors will read an excerpt. We'll, you know, uh, facilitate the conversation. But the space is safe. And it allows women to be seen and heard. And it gives them permission to be vulnerable and know that it's not going to leave the room and there will be no judgment in that place. And so it's just amazing the release that women have in that space. When they tell you about their life experiences, what, what, they've, um, what, what they went through, you know, does that, does that set you back a bit, you know, thinking about your own journey? Oh, no, it doesn't. You know, the, the beautiful thing about my journey and this is and this is something that I talk to to other people about um, when you become fully healed. See, some people are play play healed. They're not really healed. I mean, there's no scab. They still have open wounds. It has not scabbed. It has not healed. Right. Um, for me, I am fully healed from the molestation, the, you know, the family history and things of those nature. So when other women share their stories with me, I'm able to empathize with them because I remember being in that place. At the same time, my soul doesn't cry. There are some people still, their souls are still crying. They can't really deal but I can. So I can listen to your story. I can hear you. I can empathize. I can share with you. But it doesn't take me back to that place because, you know, that doesn't hurt me any longer. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're fully cleaned out. Yeah. Right. Right. For, for that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not saying that I don't have places where I need some healing but yeah in that respect yes yes okay that's that's good that's 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 very good to know i know you and i know you have a financial assistant program you know ibt yeah yes you've been doing your homework <laughs> how did that come about you know what 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 inspired you to, to start up that program my own journey um ibt stands for i've been there Okay. So it's the I've Been There Financial Assistance Program. And I named it that because, of course, I've been there. And so the program is designed and it was created for people who are working single parents. And these are people who, okay, I'm not really sure how the system works where you live. I know it's different. But here, if you earn under, a certain amount of money and you're considered, you know, below the poverty rate or the state, the federal government and the state have, you know, have programs that will give you food assistance, you know, money for food assistance and things of that nature. But when you earn just a little, you can earn a dollar over that number. Okay. Doesn't matter. When you're over that number, there's no assistance for you. You can't get food food stamps. You can't get, you know, a, a welfare check. You can't get those sorts of things. And so there's really not a lot of programs for people who work every day, who find themselves 
in a place because of emergency situations or whatever, there's not a place for them to be able to get just a little bit of help until, you know, they get to their next paycheck or something like that. And I've been there before as a school teacher. My husband was a school teacher. We were teachers working every day and we've had our lights turned off before, you know, with our children. We, 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 you know, we filed bankruptcy, you know, we had issues, but there was nothing available to help us in those moments that could have prevented us from spiraling out of control. So I've been there was created for those people in mind. So you don't have to choose between buying your child a new coat for the winter and paying your light bill, <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah. Is so a, we give a little assistance and a lot of hope. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's, a, that's a very good job you're doing, you know, really, really amazing. Um, having said that, there's that, that the, the, there's that kind of program over here in the UK as well, you know? So if you, if you're in, okay. if you in, you know, sending a certain amount of money, you know, the, the state government helps you, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. called, it's called the universal credit. So okay, so they, they they help you with with extra like maybe child 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 um child assistance child benefit you know tax break and all that you know so I think it happens over here as well. So here we also have um um where they call the food bank. So so you can go you can go there you know and get little stuff to eat you know. So there the, the, there's that help as well. But obviously like like you said. When it comes to power, like like your gas, your electric, mm-hmm. you know, th- those are the things that you know that people really suffer from. So that that that's since you're helping with with, with that with that part of you know people's lives, you know, that's very very amazing thing you're doing. Because it, it tell, trust me, man, it could be very hard sometimes. Yes, you know, even even me, even me that, that I'm working nine to five, you know, fairly okay salary, you know, by before the end of the month, I'm already out of pocket. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And just think if you're a single parent and you've got, you know, two or three kids, it's at the end of the month, you've got more month than you have money, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And you, you're budgeting. I, and I believe there's a faulty belief out there that people just aren't budgeting their money well. And that's why they're in this situation. Like if you would just budget better, you'd be okay. <laughs> And the reality is that sometimes your money and your bills, they just leave you at a zero balance. And so if anything happens, your whole budget is thrown off, Um, especially if you're just not getting paid well. And we have a growing population of what we call the working poor, where you've got people who are working every single day, but they just cannot afford you know, some of the basics. Um, IBT is not designed to handle major critical issues. It's designed for the person who says, you know, my son just got sick. I had to spend the extra money on medication. It was the money that I was going to use for my gas to get to work. Now I don't have any money for vehicle fuel. I don't know how I'm going to get to work until I get my next paycheck. So it's for that person to say, I need just a little bit of help getting to my next paycheck. So that person would send in a request 
and we would give them some money so that, you know, they don't have to take off work and, and that kind of thing. So it's right now it's still in its infancy. So, so far, I think the most we've given is $230, okay. uh, which may not sound like a lot, but it's a huge amount if your lights are getting ready to turn off and you need it. Yeah. So if, if someone is listening and, you know, and, and they, and they want to give towards IBT. So how, how could they do that? Okay. They just go to speakupsis.com okay. and click on the link that says IBT. And there is a sponsorship form and they just complete the form, submit it. And then they would click the little, the little link that says, I think it says, uh, give or sponsor or something of that nature. And it's a PayPal link and they just, they give and everyone who chooses to be a sponsor of the program, it can be an individual or a business. They receive a, a little speak up sis pin um, to show that they, you know, have, have sponsored the program. Yep. Um, we also have a little, some extra things for businesses, businesses who would like to sponsor with larger amounts. We allow them to pay for advertisement on our Speak Up Sis website and on our Speak Up Sis social media. Um, so the, all they have to do is go to speakupsis.com. All the information is there to read up on the program and um, and give if they if they so choose to. And right now, just because I know this is an international conversation, currently um, anyone in the U.S. can apply to receive assistance. Um, but we are not equipped at this point to be able to assist outside of the U S okay. simply because I'm not really sure of the legality. And, you know, when you start sending money overseas, I've got to make sure that, um, you know, all my, all my T's are crossed and all my I's are dotted before <laughs> I just start spending money. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't have, you don't, you know, you don't have your, you don't have the, the, is it the IRS or what come over you? All right. So, um, IBT is not a 501c3 at this point. Okay. Um, it is a program that I started with my business. So the way that the program is funded currently is I take 50% of my profits of my, uh, from, from my jewelry that I make, the books that I sell, um, the Speak Up Sis merchandise, I take 50% and I put that into the program. And then anyone who sponsors, all of whatever they sponsor directly goes towards funding the program. So right now it is not a 501c3. However, my business is a legitimate business. Yes, I have... Um, uh, an EIN or a federal tax identification number. It's a legitimate business, but the program is not a nonprofit charity. It is a program that I created um, through my business. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Angel, it's a really remarkable job you're doing, you know, giving back. You know, it's, 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 it's good. You know, they, 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 they always say when you, when you give, you receive, you know, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, I you know, and that and that and that could that could only only come from you you having empathy, you know, love, care for people around you, you know, because I, I, for me, I think I think naturally, if you know a giver, I don't think you, you can you can give. So if if you have that, you know, 
you can you can only give what you have mm-hmm. right so it's it's a really yeah. it's a really amazing job you're doing you know kudos to that thank you good 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 so if you were given a chance to to go back you know to go back to your past you know what would you change this question at this point in my life because of where i am now yeah i wouldn't change anything okay because i would be different okay if anything changed I wouldn't be Angel Charmaine. There probably wouldn't be an IBT. More than likely, there would be no speak up, sis. If I changed, if I, if I didn't get molested, I, I wouldn't be able to, to help other young girls overcome if that didn't happen. If that didn't happen, you understand? If my mother wasn't a crack addict during that time, I wouldn't be able to help another woman overcome how she feels about her mother, the hate that she has towards her mother. Yeah. You know, if if I didn't get divorced, I wouldn't be able to sit with another woman and explain to her, like, sis, you're going to be okay. You know, if, if I had not done, if I wasn't promiscuous and started having sex at 15 years old, if, you know, if I, if, if I had not done all of those things, then I, I wouldn't, be Angel Charmaine at this point. I don't know who I'd be. And maybe she would be a better person. Maybe she wouldn't. I don't know. Yeah. But because I love who I am right now. Yep. You know, well, I'm at the, okay. At the end of the day, our our journey, our story defines us. Mm-hmm. You know, so and um it's just for us to see the importance of our journey and we just keep keep into that journey. And make sure that the, the journey, the, the story works for you as a person. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, and I, and I can be honest. I don't know about other people, but my life story may sound horrible to some people. Like some folks are probably clutching their pearls like that poor girl. <laughs> my gosh. I mean, if you feel like that, go ahead and donate to IBT. Help me out if you feel sorry for me. Do that. But... <laughs> <laughs> But here's the thing. I've had a good life. I actually sat down and had a conversation with my mom not too long ago. Okay. I'm 42 years old. I have four sons. They're teenagers now. Um, One is at the University of Washington in Seattle. He's doing amazing. He's a computer science major. Oh, that's good. Um, He's an service. Um, My other boys are doing exceptionally well. They're scholars. They're musicians. Um, I've traveled the globe. I've, you know, I've vacationed in Dubai. I've, you know, swam in the Persian Gulf. I've, you know, stood in, you know, Kalutara and Gaul and, you know, looked over the ocean and with the seagulls. I've, I've done so much in 42 years. Most people will never do in a lifetime if I die tomorrow. And I said this to my mom at that that day. I said, Ma, you know, if I die tomorrow, I've lived an exceptional life. Uh, I've lived an exceptional life. There are people who will never live as fully as I have lived in my 42 years. And so I'm good with that. If I die tomorrow, I tell people all the time, don't, don't wear no black to my funeral. I need everybody to have on colorful clothes. I need y'all to be singing and dancing and like doing a two-step because... I have lived an amazing life. So I, I have no regrets. Every man I ever slept with, I think I loved him. 
I thought I did at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it felt good at the time. <laughs> no regrets. Yeah, that's 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 good. That's good. That's good. If you were to give a word to a girl or a guy, you know, like a bit of advice to 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 a girl, to a, to a young girl. If you were to give a bit of advice to a young girl, you know, knowing what's happening right, what's happening right now, you know, what, how the society is, how how every, everything is moving at a very fast pace, you know, and knowing the knowing spirituality of things as well, you know, what would that advice be? I probably tell her, listen, sweetheart, you are enough. (laughs) (laughs) You're enough. I would tell her, people are going to tell you that you're not. You're going to think that you're not. You're going to see those girls. They're going to look beautiful. And you're going to think that you're not pretty enough. You're not tall enough. You're not short enough. Your booty's not big enough. Your eyes aren't big enough. Your lashes aren't long enough. Your clothes aren't pretty enough. But you are enough and everything that you're going to need for life and living, you already have it. It's enough. It's beautiful. It's It was fearfully and wonderfully made. It was all packaged perfectly from the very beginning. And it is enough. No matter what you hear, no matter what you say, no matter what you even think sometimes, just remember when you start to compare yourself, that you are enough just the way that you are. And that's for a girl or a boy. We're all enough. Yeah, that's a that's a very that's a very good answer, Angel. It's good. Because you because if you if you don't if you don't see yourself that you're enough, you, you tend to want to look outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's where and that's where the problems start start coming, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Exactly, right? I'm telling you, if I if I would have known that, you know, who knows what what things would have been like. But yeah, yeah. That's what I would tell her. Girl, you're enough. Yeah, it's good, it's good. You know, um this this would be a bit of about you know if you if you're if you're not in America, you know, like if you're in Africa or you're in the UK, there's always this thing, American dream, the American dream. You know, I, I don't I don't you know, <laughs> you know I've been to I've been to America a couple of times now. I've been to LA, I've been to Vegas, a couple couple of states, you know, but this American dream, you know, in, in your own interpretation, you know, what's really the American dream? Like <laughs> 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 you know that that's I'm I'm rarely at a loss of words but I have so much to say about that that I'm trying to pick my words wisely um I think honestly that the American dream you know it's it's just something to be sold to make money it there's no there's no American dream. There's your dream. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have a dollar and a dream. It's your dream. We call it the. It's the. No, no. It's your dream, and your dream doesn't necessarily have to happen in America. Your dream. People should be chasing their own dream, their own vision, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in America. I think a lot of people get caught up. And I and I guess 
being someone who's actually traveled to other countries and um, I've seen people live uh, in impoverished places and then I've come home and I see the poverty in our own country and, and, you know, looking at the difference, I can understand how people just feel like they need to do anything to just do better. You understand? And then I see many of those people actually get here and really struggle. They, you know, it's a, it's a different kind of struggle, you know? Um, So as, as, as far as I'm concerned, I, I just believe that, that the American dream is, it's just, it, it, it's, it's a lie. <laughs> and I think people need to stop chasing it. And I believe people need to have their own dreams. And whatever that is, then that is what they should pursue. Not the American dream, but Angel's dream, Kess's dream, yes. you know, whatever that dream is. And, and not only that, everybody's, you know, the American, you don't have to have a million dollars for your dream to be fulfilled. You know, I think somehow we are getting away from the fact that you can earn $60,000 a year, live in a nice house, do what you absolutely love, you know, have children or whatever it is you want and be fulfilling your dream, your destiny, and it be okay. Just because you don't earn a million dollars does not mean that you are not living your dream. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it also has to do with how we define happiness as well. Exactly. Yeah, happiness, mm-hmm. kindness, you know. Mm-hmm. So, Angel. I know. <laughs> It's good. It's good. It's good. So if if um if someone wants to get get in touch with Angel, you know what what what, what was the best platform to reach you? <sighs> Wherever they like to be, because I'm everywhere. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I, I just I just saw you on TikTok. I, I just saw you on TikTok. Now you you're on TikTok, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> did Did you see me? I'm learning. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I saw you. I saw you. I saw you. I said I said following you. I said following you as well. That's what's up. So, um. I know, I know, I know Facebook, I know Facebook is your, is your big, is your, is your big place. My largest platform. Yes. But, but anyone who wants to learn anything about me or speak up sis, they can go to speakupsis.com. Um, you can find out all things speak up sis and angel Charmaine on speakupsis.com. Um, there are links that will connect you to the speak up sis podcast, okay. the speak up sis talk radio show. Um, my Instagram is connected to speakupsis.com. So, you know, if you are on Facebook, you can find me at speak up sis. If you're on Instagram, you can find me at speak.up.sis. Um, or speak up sis podcast. If you're on Twitter, speak up sis. If you YouTube, speak up sis. If you're on TikTok, speak up sis. Okay. If you're on LinkedIn, um, Angel Charmaine. So yeah, wherever you are, like you can just Angel Charmaine and speak up sis and you'll find me. Okay. Angel, I'm gonna say it's been a wonderful time, you know, having this chat with you. You know, really learned a lot, a lot from you. You know, hopefully the listeners will have it, will take it, a thing or two from this. You know, inspired, motivated. You know, by your journey, your story. You know, and really grateful for your time. 
you know, thank you, Angel. Thank you, Cass, for having me. I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, and for those of you that want to um, get um, get in touch with Ask the Pros, just I'm, I'm on Instagram, Ask the Pros, Facebook, Cass Kessena. You know, and send me a message, and I'll definitely get back to you. Angel, it was nice talking to you. All right, Cass, you take care. Yeah, you too. Yeah. <laughs> bye. 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 bye.